Tenant Men. I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you, Kevin? I'm doing good. Good. Uh... Good, yeah. good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> we took a week off last week. That's my bad. But now we're back at it. Episode 58. We are approaching the end of this endeavor. Uh, minute by minute, week by week now. Yeah, we're we're uh, the, the train's moving and we are not keeping up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we hop into it, an exciting new trailer was released uh this week that you just shared with me less than six minutes ago it's tenant adjacent it's uh in the batman verse right but not the not the nolan not the the nolan batman verse so we got well there's two crossovers within the the tenant batman sphere there's the robert batmanson and there's the christopher nolan connection i guess that's true yeah that's true okay 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 what did you think of the Penguin trailer? I don't think you liked it. Um, I mean, sure, I like it as much as I like any um, Batman-adjacent property. Um, uh, it looks like it's uh, in the Batman world. It's got the same aesthetic. It's by Matt Reeves. So he's making a sequel movie and making a a series that's a lot yeah, of work. We're turning Batman into Star Wars. So like into every, have that's these, everything. Like, yeah. We're gonna turn we're gonna have like these TV shows that lead up into feature films. And eventually we'll kill the feature films and just do TV shows because it must be more profitable or something. Well, that's also Ooh. Marvel too, is Marvel's like they put out more TV shows last year than they did movies. And they put better out better TV shows than they did movies last year, uh in the last two years. It's funny you say that. I don't know any Marvel TV show. What's a Marvel TV show? Oh, okay. Uh, off the top of the dome, uh, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Loki, Moon Knight, Ms. Marvel. Wait, these are movies. Uh, and there are no? others. Those are all television shows. There's all TV shows. Okay. Eight, eight, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we've become like a weird Disney Plus family. We could just have Disney Plus on our TV and that's what we're, we're watching week to week. I watched the latest uh, Doctor Strange movie and the Multiverse yeah. of Madness. What would you think of that? It was not their best work. Uh, could have been better, but also I think it's a middle of the road uh, Marvel movie. Okay. But you know, I always say with Marvel, and I'm going to compare it to DC to piss you off. Uh, with Marvel, <laughs> there is a very high floor when going into a movie with them where you know it's not going to be like unwatchable um but the potential is really high for it to be like a guardians of the galaxy or a, a winter soldier level um great movie um but with like dc like that floor is like rock bottom if you're going in and <laughs> watching shazam 2 or watching 
Black Adam or uh, something. So it, it, when you go into one of those movies, I, I, I feel like there's a lower ceiling on a DC movie um, for it to be successful or be good. <laughs> were, were you saying to piss me off? Like, do you think I, I'm a DC guy? Like, am I going to be offended no. if you trash DC? Okay. Well, honestly, the Batman is probably like, the highest praise I can think of for a DC related movie, it's even the though only, it's, not, it's not tangential to any of those other crap that it puts out. <laughs> it's the only, it's the only DC property I enjoy. Here's the thing. Like, yeah. the, you know, Batman <laughs> is my favorite superhero mm-hmm. and I will argue Superman is my least favorite. I hate Superman <laughs> with a burning it's, passion. He's so the you worst. like the grounded DC verse where it's street level. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like you, you don't want to see Robert Batmanson flying around with Shazam. <laughs> and, I don't uh, even know. I've seen the rock. Those... <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I haven't seen those movies. They, they, they don't look good. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they are. I should, I should open up my mind, but like Superman to me is just like the epitome of what a superhero shouldn't be. He's basically like a God except around like this, like green rock sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> Yeah, but that being said, I, I do like some ba- uh, some Superman properties. I haven't liked any of the recent Superman stuff. Um, yeah, I yeah. don't know. But okay, but the Penguin, it looks cool. I will watch it. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll watch that. I'll watch. That. I mean, it looks violent. It looks uh, it, for adults. It I, I don't know. It kind of gave me the Wire vibes. If there were no if there were no cops <laughs> in the wire if it was just <laughs> uh idris elba <laughs> yeah i can get behind that the wire yeah. was a great show too imagine trying to think what yeah. else like gritty crime boss in a shitty dirty city tony soprano <laughs> i don't even know that's not even that dirty because he lives in jersey and has like a you know, a wife and a kid and everything. He, this yeah, is like, all, this is house. all Tony Soprano. If he never left the butta bing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. That's it. Right. Like he, yeah, he, he lived in like this beautiful suburban house, but like for the most part, he was like in divey, like Newark or, or wherever he hung out, like wherever his deli and strip club were. That would be hilarious. If, <laughs> if in the first episode at the very end, like Mad Men style, the penguin drives home and he's got a wife and kids. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> like totally normal suburban life. That would be awesome. Yeah. How you doing, sweetie? <laughs> Let me tuck you in. <laughs> uh, work was a nightmare. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> his, his kids got Batman posters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does like does does the Batman make an appearance in this TV show or probably just references to the just, Batman? I bet. I don't know because it's the same director, so it might have a better connection than some of these other things do. I kind of hate it when they do that that thing where they go they spin it off, but they like all the principal characters from the movie don't show up or aren't yeah. mentioned. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I bet Speaking. we get a Robert Batmanson showing up, or <laughs> like, a, or like a Bruce Wayne. That would be great if, like, they are just at some event and Bruce yeah. Wayne is just there in the background, moping around and not knowing how to be a human being. Well, but maybe and the, and the Penguin just kind of like, who's that guy? But <laughs> maybe we get a more, more maybe we get a more well, more well-rounded Bruce Wayne. Like that's like the thing that, like Bruce Wayne needs to become Bruce Wayne. 
and that's what the that's what the Batman told us, right? Like, yeah, the Batman was just gotta... Batman. He, he there was no Bruce Wayne. He was a shitty Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. He hasn't been doing enough for the city as Bruce Wayne. Exactly. I don't think the Penguin and Bruce Wayne interacted. He, yeah, yeah, they do. Oh no, the Penguin. Uh, for no, like it's a Falcone. Second, he talks a, to yeah. A Falcone's or or someone's someone's funeral. The mayor. Yeah, the mayor's funeral. I think maybe. I know he, uh, yeah, he talks to Falcone when Falcone's like, hey, you're talking to the mayor of the city over there. Or you're talking I feel to like, the, the prince of the city. That's I a great like part the, where he's like, yeah, you you saw me. Your old man operated on me. I saw you at the top of the stairs. Top of, yeah, yeah, I think the penguin's there. I think he's he's with them. Yeah, I don't think they actually talk, though. No, probably not. Probably not. They're aware of each other. I did rewatch that movie recently. It's still good? Still too long, but good. It's still too long. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard That's to fair. having knowing where everything's going it's really hard to sit there through all the long shots but yeah uh, i get that, it like it probably doesn't yeah like you can sit down and rewatch the dark knight and it moves at a clip like yes. you're yeah this um although i appreciate the long takes like in a theater when i'm sitting there watching the movie uh, rewatching at my house i'm reaching for my phone you know <laughs> That's fair. I get All it. Right. He's walking to the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I was gonna say. So you know, while I was out last week, I was traveling, and I I got a, I rented a car, and uh, I I chose like a, a sedan or something. When I got to the the car rental place, they didn't have any, so they're like, "Do you want to take this Dodge Challenger?" And I'm Ooh. like, "Yeah, okay." And it was black. And I swear, like, I just thought like, oh, this looks like the Batmobile. Batmobile. (laughs) Yeah. Like I'm just, I've got the Batmobile for a couple of days and that's, that's okay. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) I love a rent a car. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about it? (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Right. It's yeah. All right. Let's jump into it. Uh, Episode 58. I am at minute marker 5721 to 5821. Not the most exciting minute to be super honest. We um we have a little bit of dialogue. We picked up where we left off last week. We are on our very expensive sailboats. Um, yeah. So we're like, and, and we're like sort of racing because there's two sailboats and they're kind of like racing each other, but not really racing each other. Um, it's very unclear what the activity they're performing is. <laughs> it is. And there's some interest. There's like some very questionable maneuvers that come up in my minute too. So we're going to yeah. talk about that. Okay. Um but anyway, so Cat is steering. We're at fifty-seven twenty-one. Um, Sater asked the protagonist, "What do you know about opera?" Uh, and I just love like how Russian accents and Russian people in general just like forget English words in their sentences. What mm-hmm. do you know about opera? <laughs> Not the opera, just <laughs> opera. It also um, kind of shows that he's unrefined. He <laughs> might be a rich person, but he is not like fluent in language. Uh, you know. Like an upper crust Russian probably would have better English skills. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I like that. That's a good take. Um, and then the protagonist just gets right into it. In oh, 2008, yeah. a remote Russian missile station was overwhelmed and held for a week. When the station was retaken, 241 on one warhead was three quarters of a kilo lighter. That's okay. it. And now we break. There's like an overhead shot of the sailboats. This is like a really interesting technique, actually, uh, and I, I, I hand it to, to Nolan and the and the crew there, right? Because as we talked about last time, the shots where there's dialogue, 
is a recreation of the sailboats on top of another boat. Oh yeah, to get the shot. Yeah, exactly. So by by mixing in like these these shots of like the overhead the overhead shots or, or mm-hmm. on the sides and stuff of the racing or the the sailing happening, it creates a better illusion that that didn't they didn't have to do that. So kudos <laughs> yeah. kudos to them. The illusion is very good. Um, and then we break to Cat. She says coming about. Uh, at least there's one adult on the on the, the boat yeah, sailing, okay. right? The other two are just talking about opera. Uh, well, um, can I interject? Because I remember last time I really wanted to tell you this piece of dialogue that was cut out of the script. Oh, yeah, please. Okay, so in the opening moments when he's walking up uh, to the yacht and they have the conversation and he says, I, when you said sailing, and then Sater says, uh, you know how? Protagonist says, I, Captain... And then Sater gestures at Cat and says, "She's Captain." <laughs> so that was oh, all. Wow. So an interesting. I just find it interesting that despite these two having this completely estranged marriage, um, they do participate in this hobby together. And in this hobby, she has the lead role. Yeah, right? I mean, it feels patronizing. Uh, I'm kind of glad they cut it out. <laughs> uh, a little bit. I, I, I find it interesting in this dynamic because that would tell me that Kat being like, like I just said about him not having the perfect English, Kat being from wealth would have background in this hobby. And Sater's just like a guest in this hobby pretending to be rich. That's a good point. That is so a very good she, point. She has the skill from the generational knowledge of growing up around rich people in yachts and sailing. And he's just participates in it to make himself look like a rich person. Yeah. I like that. That's fair. Mm. That's a good point. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, okay. So cat says coming about, then the bur- the boat like makes a really hard left uh, or port side for you nautical folks. Um, and then they all get up, they move to the other side of the boat. And now like the boat like makes that 90 degree turn, like heading towards the other boat, but the other boat's moving forward. So there's not gonna be a collision. This whole maneuver seems unnecessary. I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> I uh, think then, they're tacking into the winds. <laughs> but the other boat's doing fine, this. moving in the same direction, in the direction that it was moving in before. I, I don't really understand. Um, so, someone with you sailing have to move, experience. You, if you want to go against the wind, you have to kind of like zigzag in order to catch the wind in your sail. Oh, I, I know what you mean there, but yeah, like yeah. the other boat, the other boat is still comfortably moving forward in the direction that that the main boat was already moving in. So, like, you're right. I have no idea. <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, so that's what I'm saying. Like, someone with sailing knowledge, please drop us a line at Tenantmen <laughs> and let us know what's happening here. Um, there's also so like. You get that overhead shot of the boat making the 90 degree turn left. Um, and then you get a camera like mounted on the hull, right? Uh, mm. Like bouncing through the water, which really reminds me of like Interstellar. If you remember yeah. like the camera shots on the on the spaceship as it would like approach uh, like docking or a planet or something. Same same exact shot. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, then they get in position and they're like directly behind the other sailboat. And then they move back to the to the port side. So I don't know like what they did on the right side or in the middle. They don't actually show that. But like the character the three characters get up, they move out of frame, seemingly going to the starboard side of the ship, but then they just come right back into the port side. Um 
And then Seder continues the conversation as if nothing happens. <laughs> what do you propose? Protagonist says, partnership. Seder says, I wouldn't partner with you. You can take care of yourself. You have no record. So Seder's done his research. Ooh, a great, a great cut line from the script is the protagonist says, what's wrong with me? <laughs> that is good. <laughs> uh, then the protagonist says, someone in the arms trade with training who knows how to cover his tracks. Not that shocking. Hmm. And then Seder says, this is the end. This is the end of my minute. Oh. Foreign intelligence agent. That's it? Boom. That's it. That's the end. Well, that's the end of my minute. Yeah. Okay. It's not the end of the scene. We'll finish yeah. the dialogue next week. Um, but yeah, it's interesting the, where the dialogue is going. Um, I like that Seder is trying to like, like, what's your motive? Like, why, why do you want to do this? Right. Mm. And I'm not sure we ever get a good, or I don't, I don't remember what the reason is. So I'm like, I, I want to get there because I yeah. don't remember. I also like that the conversation has to happen in between all these maneuvers. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is like the weirdest thing, right? Like, Oh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, sail these very, very expensive boats very fast, do these complicated maneuvers, but then we're also going to have this very casual conversation in between. This seems like the right place in time. It, yeah, it, in order to, like, disguise the conversation, right? Yeah, maybe. Hmm. Or, I mean, to, or, or so nobody else is listening. There's no way you can possibly eavesdrop on a conversation uh, that's being yelled across the deck of a catamaran as it uh, <laughs> traverses. Right. Cats not paying attention. I mean, they're talking into like microphones, so seemingly Cat can hear all this, right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> right, I forgot to mention they're, that. They, they have like headsets, headsets on. on. And I think the reason for the headsets is like without them, like the dialogue would really be inaudible. <laughs> like yeah. even like, even too much for Christopher Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he probably shot this with like wind blowing. And like <laughs> yeah. somebody was like, listen, we got to know what they're saying sometime. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Hmm. Anyway, uh, you're up. You are oh the my God. blue team. All right. We, we jump into a very tense moment here. At one hour, 26 minutes, 21 seconds, the protagonist has Neil up against the proving window glass on the, the red side, uh, holding him by his neck, like choking him out, screaming, somebody talked, was it you? And then Neil, ever so quietly, no. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't even know he said anything. <laughs> you can barely hear what Neil says ever. <clears throat> and then the protagonist says, at every stage, you've known too much. I'm asking you one more time, did you talk? And then uh, just from off screen, Ives uh, comes up and says, nobody talked. We're running a tempo pinza. <laughs> Protagonist says, a what? So then Ives, is this their first description of what a temporal pincer is in the movie? I think so. Yeah, yeah, right. I haven't I haven't gotten there yet. Ives, very calmly, very clearly, although the accent is doing a lot of obscuring, um, <laughs> this gives him a full definition of what a temporal pincer is. Uh, Ives says, a pincer movement, not in space, in time. Half his team moves forward through the event. He monitors them, 
then attacks from the end, moving backwards, knowing everything. So the he he's describing is Seder, uh, because protagonist wants to know why the car chase, what why the car chase was infiltrated by Seder, and he thinks it's Neil, who's uh, a double agent. He he assumes is a double agent at this point. Right. Um, while this is all going on, on the other side of the glass, in the blue side, Cat um, was from the protagonist's perspective. Cat was just shot. Um, in my next minute, we're going to see Seder, there were Seder on the blue side, and we're going to watch this the same interrogation scene from reverse. So we're going to see it from Seder's perspective first, from my team's perspective, and then we'll see what the protagonist saw from his perspective. Um, but there, and Ives' team is collecting her and bringing her over to the red side of the room. So that's how that happens. I don't know if if this scene is more complicated than like the end of the movie, right? That ends ending sequence. I'm really struggling to follow your minutes lately. <laughs> it's like, getting hard because you're going backwards to the most complicated part of the movie. Like when, when you did the end of the movie, like it wasn't that bad, but this scene in reverse minute by minute, it's, it's really hard to follow. <laughs> yeah. Like, do I need to break the whiteboard out again? <laughs> Actually, I prefer you not. <laughs> I don't even know where it is. I think my well, wife found it one day. She's like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> this is like some criminal shit you got going on here. <laughs> you planning a yeah, bank heist? <laughs> in reverse. <laughs> it says shootout on this side. It says... <laughs> kidnapping on this side heist what's heist wife shot uh-oh i'm like this is something me and steve are working are working on working on robbing a bank please no a fire truck <laughs> or an armored car or whatever uh okay <clears throat> Okay, so we got the definition. And while Ives is talking what the temporal pincer is, uh, it's obviously very convincing because the protagonist uh, takes his chokehold off of Neil (laughs) and lets him move off the glass. Um, um, Does at any point the protagonist ask Ives who he is? Oh, well, just before this, (laughs) just before this very quickly, Neil's like, He's on our side. <laughs> and just paraphrasing here, the protagonist is like, our side, Priya's side, whose side is anybody on? <laughs> what is this? What am I mixed up in? <laughs> okay, but back into my minute. So the last thing I've said was uh, moving backwards, knowing everything. Describing Seder. Protagonist then says, except where I stashed the plutonium. And then... He says, which is not plutonium, is it? Looking at Neil. Neil says, I told you it's what he's after. And you just told him where it is. So not describing what it actually is. And Neil has a great way of not answering the question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the protagonist tells him, I lied. Uh, this is an interesting line by Neil. He just says the word Jesus. <laughs> It goes into our theory that Neil is Jesus. 
oh, a right. Jesus yes. allegory because he sacrifices himself at the end of the movie. He also returns, he resurrects himself. Um, this 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 episode will be posted the week after Easter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we meant to do that. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, perfect. All perfectly aligned. Uh, <clears throat> All right, we're getting to the end here. So he says Jesus, and the protagonist continues. He couldn't verify from inside the room. He'd have shot her anyway. Lying is standard operating procedure. I, I, so... Speaking of when Seder's on the blue side, I don't know if the protagonist really realizes that he already shot her because he saw the he sees the bullet in the glass, right? Start to form. So he knows a gun's gonna go off at some point. But from from Seder's perspective, he walks out of the turnstile and she's already shot and he unshoots her from his perspective. Right. And then she's alive through the entire interrogation, which is backwards to the protagonist. So he's watching cat be alive the entire time, but it's unclear if the protagonist knows she's going to get shot anyway, because he sees the crack starting to form in the glass. I think that's the case. So he knows he shot her already in the protagonist's future, the satyr's past which makes her unshot from Seder's point of view, speaking of confusion, because she has to be alive when he walks out of that room. Right. Okay. So just explaining that he knew that she was already shot. That's why he was able to lie because he knows cats are going to be alive to go out into the, the scene that already played out. Whew. And then we get a little cut in from the medic who says it's spread too far. Protagonist says, meaning what? I've said she's going to die. And then Neil in the background, not paying attention to what the medic or Ives says, uh, has a cute little smile on his face and goes, hmm, standard operating procedure. <laughs> like like he's, imp he's impressed <laughs> that the protagonist knew he could lie in that moment. <laughs> That's odd. It, <laughs> it's funny it's it, it's, it's odd and uh, from my perspective if you know the end of the movie and you know that neil has a slight hero worship of the protagonist yeah being okay. that the protagonist recruited him their friends and buddies in the future neil might know how the protagonist like gets what the end result for the protagonist is in the future either his death or like maybe he's the kingpin of tenet or the organization so he's just kind of um can't help himself but be impressed with his natural uh, ability in an interrogation to figure out what's going on i love that that's actually a really good uh that's a yeah. good reasoning, reason behind it, it it's a little acting choice you can only find in the movie if you've done 57 episodes of a <laughs> podcast with your friend dissecting moment by moment the entire movie that's fair yeah i like it okay yeah uh, and then they say uh the, after saying that then he kind of like shakes out of what he's thinking and he goes to ives can't you stabilize the inverse radiation by inverting the patient 
and then we're into my next minute, which yeah. is <laughs> their invert the conversation to invert cat to save her life. So what is your so like and this is the thing so it's like what is your next minute? If we go a minute earlier, is it? It's him being inter- interrogated from the protagonist's perspective, or no? It it it, it yeah it is. It's going to be Seder on the other side of the glass, um, uh, interrogating Cat, um, and in, in, yeah. interrogating the protagonist, uh, holding Cat hostage. Yeah, because in the movie you watch it from the protagonist's perspective first, and then you see Seder's. Um, so in my minute, from the protagonist's perspective, he just the last thing he saw. And that's why he's holding Neil up against the glass is um, Kat getting shot. And that's why he's angry at uh, Neil and also going, who the heck are all these guys? <laughs> who are, okay. You know what? I have questions for your next minute then. I, I, it's, it's probably the most um, <laughs> temporal pincery thing that's going to happen. Hopefully until the end. I think I think the car chase I've figured out, but all of this interrogation scene is really hard to explain. Because there's like, I guess I'll give you a sneak peek of my questions. Maybe that'll help you yeah, prepare. Uh, like there's people holding him down while he's being interrogated. Yeah. Where do they and go? Where do do they get shot? Does Ives team shoot them? And that's why they don't they don't have to deal with like them escaping. Yeah, there is gunfire going on. Like, like Ives comes in guns blazing. I remember that. Which is quite reckless. <laughs> <laughs> Considering there are two friendly hostages in that room. <laughs> uh, I'll have to I'll have to play around with that. I'll make maybe I'll make a diorama. No, no more whiteboards. 3D dioramas. I'm going to get some right. Legos. <laughs> I got Legos. <laughs> Some shoe boxes, like two adjacent a shoe, shoe box, boxes. Lego. <laughs> All right, now I'm excited. Some now matchbox excited. cars. <laughs> <Stop. Yeah. laughs> All right, now I'm really excited. I got a project. <laughs> All right, folks. Which well, is great for an audio <laughs> medium to have visual aids. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Tenant Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow, rate, and review on whatever service you found us on. And rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends. <laughs>